What's up? This your boy, Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Creature Feature, production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of many parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and today on the show, ghosts! Planet's haunted, guys! Everybody off! From ghostly worms to eight-armed specters to ghost bats, far scarier than any vampire, we've got a passion for possession when it comes to these cute hauntings. Discover this more as we answer the age-old question, what are ghost dogs, a very in-poor-taste sequel to Airbud? Joining me today to gab about all things ghostly is corporeal being and host of the Small Beans Podcast Network show Rough Stuff, Bridget Greberg. Hey, it's me, not a ghost. Yeah, I like that uh, you're not a ghost because then I can talk to you. I always say that whenever I walk into a room. I just want people to be sure. Yeah, no, it makes me happy. I'm like, oh, it's Bridget. And she's not a ghost. Hey, what about that? How about that? I like to make people feel comfortable around me. Yeah, yeah. I like to assure people of my tangibility whenever Mm -hmm. possible. Like, I'll just touch their face. Like, see, tangible, tangible, tangible. Yeah, no, you you never know in right. these days. And like, you got to make sure like, hey, don't throw me into a wall. I'm not going to go through it. Right, right. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not going to Bruce Willis yet in the sixth sense. You're not going to like no. develop a relationship with me and then be like, oh, but I'm a ghost the whole time. Whoops. Can't pay rent. No, I, I'm yeah. very forthright <laughs> Sorry, about no money. Sorry, only ghost bucks. We call them books. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't have anything better than that. I it, it seems like th- there's got to be something better. Podcast but, uh, over. I, we did it. We did it. We did that's, it. That's, yeah. that's 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 the highest bar we're gonna get. Are you scared of ghosts, Bridget? Uh, I I don't think I believe I don't think I believe in ghosts. Is how I put it. <laughs> I'm gonna say no because I'm a big brave girl. Um, nice. But it's hard not to believe in ghosts like at four in the morning when like you're like woken up by a creek but generally not like an otherworldly person 
Yeah, no, I'm the same way. I, you know, I'm very open-minded about the universe, but I don't, I don't believe in ghosts as sort of like what what we describe as a ghost, like, you know, a spectral being that haunts the earth and floats around. You know what I mean? Like, right. like maybe there's some weird secret of the universe, uh, like yeah. not supernatural, but some right. science thing that we haven't discovered when it comes yeah, to- Yeah, just some sort of like energy kind of thing. Right, like fully time, understand. And, time and space, salt, like a space ghost coast to sco- coast. <laughs> Space, space, space Ghost. Coast, 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 space Ghost. Space Ghost. I love that show when I was a kid. But yeah. Uh, yeah, no, but I don't really believe in the hauntings of specters. Um, but when it is the middle of the night and I wake up, suddenly I do believe in ghosts. It's uh, ghosts. Yeah. I even get sleep paralysis where I'm like, uh-oh, it's ghosts. Oh, oh darn it. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, generally, yeah, not not a person who would be like that. That's a ghost. That's right. That's a ghost. But uh, yeah, I, I think when I was a, when I was a kid, uh, my my mom's side of the family lived in this like creaky wooden cabin in Vermont. There, if there were ghosts anywhere, like they yeah. they were there. Oh, uh, Vermont is super haunted. Very haunted. Vermont is uh, so haunted. Yeah. It's yeah. There's no internet, and it's pitch black there. Yeah. So if sure, if there's yeah. a ghost there. Uh, <laughs> That makes sense, but uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, maybe like, these animals can prove me wrong. Yeah, I don't like dark, ho- long hallways at night because no. that's you know, like it's it's like, look, I don't believe in ghosts, but just to be safe, I don't want to walk down a dark hallway at night. Cause right. If a ghost was gonna eat me, that would probably be it. Right. That's like for sure. Yeah. Also, it's it's unclear what ghosts do, except for like generally mess with people i thought that they could eat you but maybe i'm wrong i i thought ghosts couldn't eat i'm going on casper mm. rules here i thought it was more of a like body takeover i feel like i remember seeing him like someone was like puffing smoke out of a pipe and he was able to eat the the smoke puffs oh. like donuts or something i don't maybe, know maybe maybe because because what is a ghost if not smoke <laughs> so speaking maybe. of casper I mean- though yeah. Speaking of Casper, let's talk about let's talk about a, a friendly little ghost that was discovered in the ocean. This is called yeah. the ghost octopus, aka the Casper octopus, because it looks like Casper, the friendly ghost. It does. It's pretty cute. I I never know going on the show. I'm like pretty sure something's gonna creep me out. <laughs> this guy, I like him. This show is seventy five percent cute. Uh, yeah, and then thirty-five uh, percent mm, bad. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> I haven't. Yeah, there's no. I I haven't come across a lot of mediums. I either like super like the thing, or I'm mm-hmm. horrified by it. <laughs> and this well, guy, yes. he's on the good side. He's a good guy. I don't know if uh, I don't know if uh, Zoomers can relate, but Casper, the friendly ghost, he was that ghost with the big head. And he was friendly and he would be sad because he'd scare people. Uh, but then in the end, he usually made friends, I think. Yeah. He made friends with Christina Ricci, famously. Yes. Yes. I, I used to watch the old, like, what were they, like, HGM cartoons or something? Uh, she, yeah. MGM? I thought it was like a Hanna-Barbera thing. A- a- maybe a- I'm M- wrong. MSG? MSNBC? I don't know. Uh, the cartoons. The old <laughs> cartoons. And then... 
Yeah, he was a cutie. He was a little cutie. There was one, I can't believe this didn't traumatize me, but Casper like made friends with a fox, a little baby fox. And the fox was like the only thing that wasn't scared of Casper. So they were like best friends. But then the fox gets, it gets killed. It's murdered. The the little baby fox gets murdered by a hunter. And Casper goes to the baby fox's grave and cries and then in the end, the baby fox's ghost comes out of the grave and then they're friends again. But what the... I'm sorry, what the F, though? What <laughs> What a what a weird story for a yeah. children's cartoon. I mean, yeah. I guess it has a happy ending, but at what cost? Right, like the happy ending well, I, is that the baby fox dies, but at least it's tortured spirit lives on with Casper. I guess a dead boy's ghost as well. So. Right. And the and the Casper logic is that you're a ghost because you have unfinished business. Well, you know what that means, right? He and Casper, the baby fox ghost and Casper teaming up to go hunt that hunter and drive yeah. him to madness and possibly death. Yeah. yeah. Like they're going to team up with the ghost of Bambi's mom, too. <laughs> Just going to haunt hunters. You know what you did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, no, I like that. I think there should be there should be a Disney movie that's just all the dead moms ghosts coming back for revenge. <laughs> yeah, the Ghost dead, Avengers. Ghost Avengers. All the dead moms. But not the Avengers. They'd have right. to figure out a different name. Right, exactly. But we were going to talk about octopuses. Uh so let's do that. Is that <laughs> the, is that is that uh is that right octopuses? It's not octopi. It is octopuses. It's not octopi actually because something about the Latin whatever. Nobody's sure. going to Judge you for saying octopi, but I think it is technically octopuses, uh, which sounds you, you get so, yeah sounds wrong. you get so few you get so few chances to use the pie. I know it also uh, sounds cute, right? Octopi, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They sound like Pokemon's that way. Octopi, uh, but yes, it's octopuses. <laughs> yeah, um, but the ghost octopus is a ghostly pale octopus that lives in the deep sea. It was discovered off the Hawaiian archipelago, uh, 2.6 miles or 4.3 kilometers under the sea. And this is a relatively new discovery. It was found in 2016. So here's what we know about the octopus, the ghost octopus, which is not that much. It's a ghostly pale octopus. Like we said, it looks like Casper, the friendly ghost with a big, big old head. Technically, that's called the mantle of the octopus. It is highly gelatinous and non-muscular, which is interesting because that seems to indicate it probably has a slower metabolism and more of a floating on by kind of lifestyle, just letting the currents take it where it will. Right. A big Lebowski. Yeah. Yeah. Big Lebowski, Margaritaville lifestyle for this deep sea (laughs) ghost octopus. And while, uh, so it has no pigment and it has very small black eyes, uh, which may be functional. So a lot of deep sea creatures have eyes, but they are non-functional or they don't have eyes at all. Uh, These guys seem to have eyes that are probably functional, although, again, we don't really know that much about them. There are octopuses who do frequent the deep ocean, but they often have fins or wing-like protrusions from their mantle, like the Dumbo octopus. Have you ever seen the Dumbo octopus? Oh, yeah, they have that. Yeah, 
The they got like big old things. flaps. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But this one doesn't, which is a pretty unique discovery for octopus scientists. So it means that there is stuff we still don't know about, like how octopuses adapt to the deep sea. Like this guy has a different strategy from the Dumbo octopus. So that's very interesting. Yeah. And, and I'm guessing this guy doesn't change colors. I don't know. I don't know if they even know. Probably not, huh? though, because if it's totally lacking in pigment, I would assume it doesn't have chromatophores, which are the cells that are able to change color. So probably not. Hmm. And why well. would they need to? Like, if the changing of colors is usually for communication and for camouflage, but if everything's dark down there, you probably don't need it, right? Well, yeah, I mean, well, because he's white, he probably stands out in the darkness. He's like a little flashlight down there. But you'd have to have something reflecting off of the the pale skin. I get there is some bioluminescence down there, to be fair. So maybe bioluminescent animals could somewhat reflect off of the octopus and like yeah. you, you could get some. But I, I don't know. I, I mean, it seems that that must not be too much of an issue for it. Um, yeah. But it is really weird because it's not like a tiny microorganism that was newly discovered. It's it's like, you know, it's a handful. It's about five inches long or 12 centimeters. So it's a relatively, it's not a large animal in the general sense, but it's a large thing to have uh, newly discovered, like just uh, a little over four years ago. Um and I think that's a testament to how unexplored the deep ocean is. I mean, it's we've yeah. been trying, been exploring it a lot. <laughs> no, not I'm not like telling a scientist that they've been lazy, but got to get down there. <laughs> get down there. Stop screwing around with your weird math and get down there and find us more octopuses. It's just so hard to map the entire ocean because it's so big and there's so yeah. much of it. But it's so thrilling to me that we're still discovering things the size of a small octopus down there. It's like there must be so many other things we haven't discovered yet. It's crazy. The deep ocean is a wild. It's just full of aliens. I feel like no two fish are similar down there. Yep. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like everything you come across is like, that's a strange being from another world. Yeah. And uh, most of the time they look like skele like monster skeletons, but uh I like this guy. He's just a yeah. big old he's just a big old blob. He's a little blob. He's Casper the friendly blob. With eyes for some reason. The eyes thing is so weird. Yeah, because a lot of deep sea animals just don't bother with eyes, but some of them right. do and they they use the eyes to detect bioluminescence and faint light coming from uh chemical right. reactions uh from the, the bioluminescence and uh, so yeah it, it, it is I think it's kind of nice because I think without the eyes it would be a lot spookier but with the eyes it's really cute yeah <laughs> it's a lot more tolerable looking with the eyes it looks like it just hangs out at the bottom yeah yeah it, like it's at, at the bottom of the bottom yeah just kind of blorps around down there deep sea just my blows my mind every time I see something new from down there well, even outside of the deep sea, there are parts of the sea that are still really mysterious. 
even the uh, open ocean or pelagic zones. So this is the area that's really far from the shore, and it's not at the bottom of the ocean. It's like sort of the the center of the ocean, so far out to sea, yeah. but not deep down at the bottom of the sea, so just right in the sweet, gooey center of the ocean. Right. And there are a lot of weird animals there, too. There is something called the Acleopidae worm. <laughs> I'm hoping I pronounced that right. But it is a marine worm that looks like a space ghost, coast to coast. Uh, but Bridget, if you will, click on that Twitter. I think I've seen this. Yeah, it looks like a spaceship. Yeah. Like the worm itself looks like a spaceship. I, when I saw this, I thought it was CGI. Like yeah. sci-fi oh. CGI. And but it's real. It's a real thing. It is a transparent worm that kind of looks like a robot or a machine. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's got all of these segments. It truly looks like some kind of weird futuristic invisible spaceship. It looks like just from its face. Also, the way it moves is very like in sync with the rest of its body, which yeah. is weird because it's a very long body. But it looks like <laughs> just a very long shrimp. <laughs> Almost. I'm just saying because of the eyes, I guess. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah. Uh, so they're actually polychaetes, uh, which are a highly diverse class of segmented marine worms. The infamous bobbit worm is actually a polychaete. I don't know if you, I had you on the show for that one. I usually do try to like horrify you, so I might have, but... The bobbit worm is this ocean worm that hides under the sand and it pops out and it like grabs fish uh, with yeah. these big jaws. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. <laughs> and they're sort of, they're actually kind of pretty because they're, those ones are not transparent. They are yeah. this like iridescent color. Uh, but uh, so they're actually related to these other marine worms, which in my opinion are far less horrifying than the bobbit worm. Um, yeah. But these uh, Achaeopidae are just, they, they're basically completely transparent. They kind of almost look like they're long. So they're about six inches or 15 centimeters long, according to uh, assistant professor of biology, Rebecca R. Helm, who runs the Open Ocean Exploration Twitter account. I'll link to her tweet that has that lovely video in it. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're fairly long, uh, but they about, you know, six inches six inches half a foot but they it's the it's that they look like an outline like they're so they're a segmented worm they have these segments they have bristles along their sides they have these two eyes at front very prominent and then antenna but they it looks like a a a vector drawing like an outline of a fish yeah it looks like there's like some sort of shell to it yeah it looks like it would be crunchy (laughs) I imagine it. it would be yeah no I mean uh, like just because they're worms it doesn't mean they don't have a hard I think they have a somewhat firm body I don't think they're like earth worms where they're squishy yeah they're uh, bristle worms uh, marine brif- bristle worms that can actually have a pretty hard uh, outer carapace good good for them good for <laughs> these hard bodied worms yeah uh, I don't know how yeah, hard these so- ones are. They look more delicate to me than like a bobbit worm. Yeah, I, I think just because, well, now you said that it's six inches, which is like, I mean, it's not, that's big for, if I saw a six inch worm, I'd freak out. But uh, 
Like that's still pretty small. So I, yeah. I, I feel like you gotta be you gotta be somewhat loose. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what it's like to be a worm. Uh, well I imagine you know, it's very hard. Maybe just try visualization exercises. Try to visualize what it's like to be a worm. I like yeah. that little movement that you did. Yeah. Nobody can for see this, it. But- for this visual podcast, I uh, right. I wiggled. I tried to wiggle. Yeah, she did a little like like shoulder wiggle, like I'm a little warm. Uh, very, yeah. very cool. Very good uh, acting. Unfortunately, no one will ever see it. But yeah, no, I was I, convinced. You know, that's it's just for us. <laughs> uh, but yeah, basically, I could find barely any information on this. Uh, I'm sure there is some like research on them, but I-, I couldn't find it with my terrible Google skills. But this tweet says they don't know what they eat. So that seems yeah. like a pretty basic uh, thing yeah. to know about a thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's like number one. What does something eat after what does it look like but when you kind of have to get a sense of what the animal is? But yeah, right. they guess that it's probably a predator because they have such large eyes, which seems to indicate it uses them to hunt for things. Right. But still, who knows? What does it eat? Does it eat you? <laughs> did they uh say how far down this thing lives because it looks like it's a deep sea creature just it's based off the not. blackness uh-huh. yeah i know that's actually just because it's uh, at night the they oh, okay. are yeah. the the pelagic zone is like i said it's not at the bottom of the sea like not in the deep sea area it's not at the surface of the sea either it's like right kind of in the middle like that the yeah. gooey jelly center right. of the ocean Okay, yeah, like the lukewarm area. Yeah. <laughs> it's starting to get colder. Uh, Start, you're starting to get a little pressure. Your organs are starting to get a little squeezed. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, it, this thing could get the bends. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's mi- middle ocean, and so its vote counts more than the other side <laughs> Good for it. Honestly, good for it. Depending how it fits. What a weird looking thing. Yeah. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event. So give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view. An endless field of wildflowers. Or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save. With a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.
Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ghost bat! Using echolocation is better than the Batmobile ghost bat! Would have killed the Joker by now, ghost bat! Ghost bat! Ghost bat! Ghost bat! So, Bridget, talking about ghost bat! Ghost bat! I love the falsetto. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know if it counts as falsetto, though. I think my voice really is just that squeaky. No, you got up there. Thank you. So ghost bats, they are a real life bat that is, in my opinion, way creepier than vampire bats. So vampire bats tend to get all the attention and all the credit for being creepy, being the monsters like Dracula turns into vampire bats. But Vampire bats are kind of nerds. Like they, sure <laughs> they they sip at blood like they're drinking a daiquiri or something. They're not going out causing all sorts of gore. They just kind of go like, "I'm gonna go and and sip some yeah. blood on this this cow ankle." And I it just the way yeah, the way you're saying it, I picture it in like a, a martini glass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this cow blood is strong. Oh my, I'm only gonna be able to have two of these. Yeah. No, it's it's uh it's. They they really don't. They're not like vicious predators. They just kind of like they're they're par- parasitic because they do drink blood from animals who would probably prefer them not to. But they don't generally kill the animals they drink blood from. So right, they're not really that scary. Or turn them into vampires, which is lame. Well, I didn't say that. No, did I? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> no proof. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, until I see a cow wearing like a cape and. Oh. Or like being a real sexy cow that's like sparkly. <laughs> uh, I, I I won't believe it. But yeah, vampire bats don't even murder their victims, whereas ghost bats love murder. Ooh. So ghost bats live in Australia, which should tell you basically everything you need to know. Yeah, about they're them. horrifying. That means they're <laughs> they're killers, stone cold killers. So what do ghost bats look like? Uh, I think they're cute. Question mark. Some of the time. They, yeah. hmm. <laughs> you uh, so your caption on this doc is "Oh, look at this cutie," and I went down and I was like, "Maybe it's cute," but then the minute you said it was a killer, I was like, "Now I see it in its eyes now." 
It's a killer. And that's the only way I can see it now. You haven't even described yeah. how it kills. But the minute you said it, I was like, no, nah, this has serial killer yeah. vibes. I have a couple of uh, photos I have shared in this, uh, which I will share with you, my dear audience, of a ghost bat. Oh, my God. The Uh, second photo is horrifying. (laughs) Oh, God. And now it's in, like, a contraption? And it's got a boner! (laughs) Yeah, we'll talk about... Uh yeah, so it's uh, uh there are three three bat pics on uh the the document. One, the bat is looking very innocent and cute. Second one, it's yeah. opening its mouth to all of its frightening little Horrible. teeth. And the third yeah. one is actually a bat under sedation. And I did that so you could see its wingspan. And only after I like put it in the dock was I oh it's got a boner. It's <laughs> so weird. <laughs> It's yeah, just, I didn't yeah. read the caption, and then once I did, it's the only thing I can look at now. <laughs> it's really weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what what do they what do they look like? They have really big ears, really tall ears. Uh, they've got a little snub nose that's like a leaf shaped nose, and it points straight upwards. Mm-hmm. They are a kind of pallid white color mixed with some gray. And they are about four to five inches long or 10 to 12 centimeters long with a wingspan of about eight inches or 20 centimeters. And uh, it's like, to me, it's like if you crossed a bunny with a possum and then gave it bat wings. Hmm. Possum, I guess. It also, in the first photo where it's looking cute, it has like Steve Buscemi mouth. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and it like now I'm kind of seeing it as like Steve Buscemi and Conair. It is a bit of a bu- Buscemi bat, isn't it? <laughs> definitely. It's uh, and now that it's a killer, it's definitely him and Conair. <laughs> but like Buscemi, it's like they're they're a little weird looking, but also kind of cute, you know? Sure, it has angles that work for it. I think I think Buscemi he's he's charming. You know what I mean? Right. It's. <laughs> But that second picture, that's what I see in my nightmares. <laughs> like, so, it went from kind of cute and charming to just pure nightmare fuel. <laughs> like Bushimi. Like, so, bu- like, like, like the man Steve himself. Bushimi. Yes. Uh, so remember when I mentioned that these ghost bats enjoy murder? Boy, do they. So they are <laughs> one of many predatory bats, but these guys are extra spooky as they are ambush predators. So they hang from trees like ghostly fruit, silently waiting for unsuspecting prey to wander close enough. They can hear prey up to 65 feet away or 20 meters away. They will wait until they pick up movement, like from a locust or a small mammal, a small reptile, even small birds. And then they will drop from their perch and snatch their prey from the ground or even from midair. They even prey on smaller bat species. They can detect the echolocation of small bats and then zero in on them for the kill. Horrifying. It's a cannibal. <laughs> well, it's technically not their own species, so... Right. Yeah. But, you know, they're brethren. <laughs> right. It'd be like uh, us, like, eating some gorilla pie or something. This, uh, which is a a horrifying thought. 
Uh, I feel like it would be very gamey. Uh, <laughs> is it, uh, this might be a question you don't know. Is it fast? Because I feel like, you know, you hear something so far away. I feel like this guy's just a dart. I don't know how fast they are. My guess would be like, you know, relatively fast because they do sometimes drop from the tree like down onto their prey. So probably oh they they get to they get that speed of like dropping from the tree and then unfurling their wings. So they kind of dive bomb their prey sometimes. So, yeah, I think uh, maybe not like the fastest of all the bats or because they they seem to rely on su- the element of surprise to get their prey but probably right. faster than they you want them to be if you are a small mammal or a locust or have a you, reptile yeah. or bird have you ever uh like had a run in with a bat i have never physically made contact with a bat uh but there was a bat in my 6th grade camp dormitory room yeah that freaked out all the girls and they're uh, uh yeah yeah they're they're uh horrible to ca- i i had a had a run-in with a bat while camping i yeah. was like leaving the camp bathroom at night uh the campground bathroom and like walking back to my tent and i got like dive bombed by one and it's like getting attacked by the biggest bug you've ever seen like yeah. a big furry bug it's horrifying it's startling and- yeah yeah, and you're, you don't know what it is. You think, like, I thought it was the biggest bug in the world, like the world's ever seen. Right. That had flown into my head. And then I found out it was a bat, and it got so much worse. Yeah, I actually read a story about a woman, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, who had a bit of a rabies scare because she thought it was like a moth, uh, that like a huge moth that hit her face, but then she turned on the light, and it was a bat. Horrible. <laughs> a ghost bat. Uh Nah, she'd be dead. These that those teeth are no joke. They are no joke. Uh, they actually. So this might not be something that bird lovers really want to hear, but they love to eat budgies, or as uh, we know them in the U.S., parakeets. So oh. those cute little colorable, those cute little colorful birds. I've had them as pets. Lots of people have had them as pets. They're adorable and sweet. These ghost bats love to eat them. <laughs> where where do they live? They live in like a tropical a par- in Australia. This this in is Australia. All happening you said in that right? Okay, Australia. that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So um, they yeah they zero in on the birds chattering in their roosts. Like if you've ever had like yeah. a parakeet, you know they make that cute little like yeah yeah, you know, yeah like, they're, they're loud. <laughs> <laughs> and so. Uh, the ghost bats will hone in on them and just like snatch them up and they eat them head first and discard the feet and wings like they're pistachio shells. It's oh horrifying. My God. <laughs> I mean, I would imagine those are the gross part of the parakeet. Oh, the head yeah. probably isn't great. Yeah, I don't know how, because like I read this source and they're saying they eat them head first. And it's like, well, what, what do they do with the beak? You know what I mean? Yeah, the head feels like it has the most bone. Right. And I mean, I guess the brains are meat. Brains is meat. It's true. Brains is meat, but in a bird, that's that's very little piece. Hey, mean. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> no, but you're right. You're right. Physically small amount. Yeah, they they got they got tiny brains. So uh, it's it's I, I guess that is that just like a, maybe it's a humane kill. 
I don't think they care. I don't think Probably that's not. the intention. I think it's to kill it as quickly as possible so that they don't have a bird, you know, flapping like scratch. Her. Yeah, because yeah. like, what's the alternative? Eating them like cloaca first? No. Well, because like, I don't know. As as discussed, I don't think the head would be where you really get the nutrients of the bird. Um, well, brains are pretty. They are, do ha- like brains do have a lot of good nutrients in them, technically speaking. But, yeah, I mean, uh, I eat bird. Uh, right, I, but you I, don't I, eat I, bird brains. I don't eat bird brain. I eat, I you know, uh, the I I eat the body of the bird. Right. Well, they do uh, eat the body of the bird. They just like yeah, but I yeah. I would think if I were this bat to get the most to be the most conscious about <laughs> using because like what you you chomp the head then the body falls. I for some reason I'm imagining this all happening mid air because we're right. talking about birds. They're and probably hanging flight. upside down with this poor poor dead bird and they're you know yeah it's probably a dive bomb. I because I, I just imagine then the body drops and then you got to find right you got to find it. That's a mess. It's not uh, a clean yeah. kill. Yeah, I I think that, yeah, I wonder if it's sort of like a banana situation where they kind of like chew off the head and then kind of go from there. You know what I mean? You have to split the top of the banana to get down into the banana. And maybe it wraps it in its wings, which is another thing I do not like about this bat. Oh, the wings? Is the wings. I don't. I I don't like that I can see through them. You don't like how membranous they are? (laughs) Yeah, I. Yeah, that I can see like vein, like they look like spider webs. Yeah, pretty venous. Pretty, I, pretty, yeah, not, translucent. But yeah, you yeah. can see right through them and all the like tendons and stuff. I don't, yeah. I don't like that. Well, you know, look, everyone's a critic when it comes to see through venous wings, I guess. <laughs> uh, but in terms of like, should we be scared of these ghost bats? Are they a threat to humans? And I would say. Generally speaking, no. We're too big for them to consider us prey. Uh, In fact, according to some sources I read, they are rather docile and hesitant to approach humans, let alone attack them. Like all bats, that doesn't mean you should handle them. You should not just pick up a bat. Don't do it. Uh, We've learned that lesson the hard way this year. (laughs) Oof. (laughs) Let's stay away from bats, people. Stay away from bats. Give them their space. It's interesting because rabies is not really a problem in Australia. It does not actually naturally occur in other animals in Australia. That's shocking. But the Australian bat lysivirus actually does exist. And so it's that, that the, the lysivirus is similar to rabies, but it's technically different uh, virus than rabies. Um, so while I don't think that the ghost bats have rabies, they may carry Australian bat lysivirus. That sounds bad. Yeah, it's deadly. Only three cases of human infection have occurred since 1996, so I don't want people in Australia to panic. Although I feel like people in Australia are probably pretty unflappable at this point. Like, Yeah, I don't think they're a panicky people. No, uh, I, I don't think But let's could. not mess with these bats. Well, yeah, still don't still don't mess with the bats. It's rude to the bats. But also, you know, you don't want to be one of the few people who get Australian bat lysivirus. So like I I read this uh, this thing from an Australian zoo talking about how like their handlers for these bats need to get a vaccine for lysivirus because like while it's extremely unlikely they're going to get it, why risk it? Uh, So, yeah. yeah. Um, Yeah. but also, you can be afraid of this thing's giant boner. 
<laughs> and uh, the thing is, I shared this picture with you because I had to, but I don't <laughs> know. I don't know what the context is for it. I don't know why this bat is under sedation. I don't know why it's got a big old morning wood. I really don't know. <laughs> I, I don't have any answers. I just thought you might want to see it. Yeah, I do like its little helmet. I do think the anesthesia helmet it's, is kind of sweet. Yeah. It's because when, an so like usually when you get anesthesia, right, like you get uh, maybe like an injection of something like an IV or like if you're getting uh, nitrous oxide, you get a little nose thing. But yeah. animals too small. These they're too small for yeah. stuff like that. So what basically, else are you gonna do? they just put a big cone over their head that's like full of the the feel good sleep gas. And then they, it's like so funny to me to see various surgeries on tiny animals. Like I saw, I think a goldfish surgery, and they just had this like helmet of I guess anesthetic for the goldfish, and we're doing surgery on a goldfish. It's like what? How is this? And why? Also, also, what is the point of doing surgery on a goldfish? Hey, now it's got three more days to live, <laughs> if anything. Like even it's if it was live healthy, those three more days. It's gonna live its life to the fullest in those three days. Yeah, I don't. It really seems like a waste of money you, to do. You wanna <laughs> you wanna tell that goldfish that just because it's got a torn ACL that it can't compete in the Olympics, <laughs> Bridget? Yeah, that goldfish, goldfish is a prize athlete. I don't think. Goldfish have ACLs, actually. No, that's a that's in your knee. Yeah, and I don't think they have knees. They have joints, uh, but they don't have knees. So yeah, they have joints. That's it. I I what I like yeah, about this joints. helmet is that it kind of looks like the Catwoman helmet because mm. it has like little. It it seems to from the angle have little uh like flaps for like a little space for its ears. Nice. And I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah. Wait, there's a Catwoman helmet that has space for her ears. Well, the the Catwoman um, helmet's the wrong term, but mask. Oh right, uh, she's got ears. Yeah, built has in. has ears. Uh, if Batman's in space, does he have to have a space helmet that's got space for his ears, like little two nubbins <laughs> for his ears? I I would imagine he has designed Alfred. I'm sorry, I, Lucius has designed some some cool like cowl space helmet. I guess so, but, but it I does have ears. Like, I imagine like a NASA space helmet with like two bulbs f room for his ear pointies and then his it definitely has mask ears under that. It, look, if, if if we know anything about Batman, it's got uh, ears. He has artists, ears. Artists, could you guys, if anyone could do art of what you think a Batman in a helmet would possibly look like, if you agree with my version, which is Batman in his bat mask, but he's also in a NASA helmet, but it's got two little points two little nubbins for his ears to fit in. I think it's also funny if <laughs> he's in a space helmet, but still wearing the cowl too. Right. Like that's what I'm saying. Space yeah. That's what I'm saying. Right. Like, he's Oh, got I thought you were talking about designing a space helmet that looks like the cowl. No, no. Because like if he's at the super space station, right. He's got to go in and out. He like, he's doing a spacewalk punching space right. joker. But then he's got to go back inside of the superhero space station. And then what's he going to do? Take off his entire secret identity helmet? No, because like he's got to take it off no. in front of other superheroes while still protecting his identity. So he's got to have a mask under the helmet. So what is he going to? So it's more bizarre to have a space helmet shaped like a bat mask and you take it off and there's another bat mask underneath. I say he should wear 
the NASA bubble helmet. Right. With ear with ear uh space space for his ears ear, little yeah. ear accommodation uh nodules. That yeah, that makes sense cuz like also if the if the villain was inside the space station. Right. He would have to take off the helmet. Right. And honestly, I don't trust the Flash either. He's a gossip. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, these bats, these real life bats, much cooler than Batman, in my opinion. Not just because of the big boner, but... And they're willing to kill. Right. Like, if the Joker had an actual ghost bat, uh, like a, a man bat that's, like, bitten by a radioactive ghost bat, and the and now is like man bat joker would be so screwed he just yeah. like me like the joker would be like i have devised a puzzle for you to save god oh god and he'd just like yeah. he'd grab him and eat him face first yeah ghost bat doesn't hesitate no Look ghost bat those. doesn't ghost bat doesn't have like a complex about his parents ghost bat just kills for the fun of killing and Ghost Bad is obviously played by Steve Buscemi. Obviously. Ah, oh, perfect. <laughs> we did it. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery, but that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily. 
as I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story, which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian Mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she, as my father believed, a witch? Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, Bridget, ghost dogs. Yes. Ghost dogs. I'm surprised that Ghost Dog isn't a movie. Actually, I'm going to Google it. Ghost Dog movie. It's got to be a Ghost Dog, dog movie. movie. Ghost no, Dog sad, movie. No, it's that means a dog died. What's that? Well, that, oh. I mean, inherently means it's a movie about a dead dog, which is Yeah. Sad. I mean, there's a, a 1999 crime film, but I don't think it has actual ghost dogs in it, so it doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to see like a sequel to what's it called? The one with Keanu Reeves, where it's just a Keanu Reeves killing people. Oh, movie. John Wick. Yeah. John Wick, like a sequel to John Wick, where it's like John Wick ghost dog protocol. And it's the <laughs> cute little beagles ghost coming back to life. Sort of like when we talked Aww. about earlier with the Casper, the ghost. You right. Know, and then the little baby fox comes back to life as a ghost. Be- There's little, so cute many little beagle. movies. Beagle comes back as a ghost, but it has ghost guns and ghost powers, and so right. fights alongside John Wick. John Wick, and, and, oh, and it's a crossover with Constantine, because like now John Wick is Constantine, also played by Keanu Reeves, and right. they're fighting bad guys and demons. Yes, and also the ghost dog can then fulfill its unfinished business at the end of the movie, and like they can have a nice cathartic moment right. of like. Ghost dog, you fulfilled your unfinished business of vengeance. Right. Ghost now dog. We can both be Wait, at peace. you have more unfinished business? All right. <laughs> right. Let me get some poopy bags. We'll go outside. <laughs> <laughs> but ghost dogs, they're real. They're real. But it is actually just a real animal, a corporeal oh. animal. And it refers to a secret society of canids living Ooh. in the Amazon basin. So this these is are so cool looking secret dogs. And I don't mean domesticated dogs or domesticated dogs that went back out into the wild. But this is a genuine wild canid species distinct from wolves and dogs. And they are the only member of the genus Etilokinus. They are also known as short eared dogs. So they look very distinct from domesticated dogs and from wolves. So. They have short, stubby ears and ash brown, short, smooth fur. They don't really look like a dog to me. They actually look more like a fossa, which is that strange kind of feliforma carnivore endemic to Madagascar. I think we've talked about the fossa before on the show, but if you Google fossa, you'll see what I mean. It is almost like, how to describe these guys? It's like you took a mongoose and tried to run it on a dog operating system. Well, the the first and second picture look very different to me. The first picture looks like it's a dog bear. Mm-hmm. Dog bear uh, uh, is how I would describe that guy. But then when I see it on the on from its profile on its side view, it's it's more ferret like. Right. It's like a ferret fox. 
Yeah, that one might be, it looks a little skinnier too. So that one might be like a younger one. Because in the bottom okay. picture, it goes back to looking kind of like a dog bear again. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like a mongoose dog and a bear. Dog bear got, fox. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, they're lovely. They're lovely, beautiful yeah. animals. They're cuties. They are very I'm sure cute. they would kill me. <laughs> but I want to cuddle. I mean, well, the thing is, they are extremely elusive. So they'd probably sooner run away from you than kill you. Oh. They are so secretive and shy. There is very little information known about them, especially for such a large animal. Usually we are pretty good at studying the larger animals, but these guys are very mysterious. We hardly even know their dietary habits. So from scat analysis, they seem to be omnivorous, eating meat and fruit. So scat analysis is, you know, they're going in their poop. Uh, and and looking for stuff, and they found some meat and fruit. And there was some recent video documentation from November 2020 that showed a ghost dog scavenging an armadillo carcass, which some people say maybe maybe that means that they're a scavenger. But we just, Mm. we literally have so little footage of them and evidence. Who knows? Like, this could just be a one-off behavior. They could scavenge sometimes and hunt other times, like lots of Animals who are hunters also scavenge. So it's like even the minimal amount of video footage we have of them doesn't really give us a whole picture of what these mystery dogs are up to. Huh. That's that's cool. I respect that. I like an elusive dog. I know. They're off the grid. They're like the Jason Bourne of the animal world, just like spy dogs off the grid, eluding researchers, having a low profile. Yeah, I like that. Just like off the grid in the Amazon, living their lives, don't want to yeah. be found. Yeah, no, they, they're not interested in all. Not interested. They're like, in the look, paparazzi. I've seen what you did. I, I've seen what you've done to dogs in the above ground <laughs> world, and that that's embarrassing. Took one look at a Shih Tzu, and it was like, no. Nah, no, not for me, thanks. <laughs> no, 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 thank no. you. Yeah. No, no. They saw one dog in a Halloween costume and they're like, absolutely not. Saw a pug dressed as a wiener dog, like dressed <laughs> as, a, as a hot dog. They're and like, they're like, no, no, thanks. <laughs> Opt out. Yeah. You're not going to breed me. <laughs> you can't tame this beast. I'm going to just hide in the woods. That's very sweet. It's yeah. The another behavior they've been seen to do is they use the burrows of giant armadillos as their own. So they just kind of like find a burrow that another animal has dug, and they'll go and seek refuge in that. They seem wow. from the limited information that I've found about them, they just seem very resourceful, secretive, and clandestine. And they're like uh, yeah, that that's like a Tom Sawyer of dogs. Like you, right? You built this fence for me mm-hmm. yeah and, I'll and then I'll, and I'll eat your carcass also <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, very tom sawyer yeah i didn't finish the book <laughs> but i assume that's how it ends tom sawyer gets the kid to paint the fence and then he eats the kid head first that's what that's where it seemed like it was going <laughs> yeah but i know that i don't really have to lecture uh my audience on wanting to save the rainforest. Uh, but if you guys want to lecture someone else on wanting to save the rainforest, I think that if you say, hey, there's secret puppies there, that yeah. might convince some people. That That is a good 
that is a good sway. Especially this first picture where it looks like a bear dog. Puppy. It is very cute. It's got big old paws. It's got big old paws. It's got boopable snoot. I do want to boop the snoot. The I mean, it's a good obviously, snoot. look, disclaimer, I'm not gonna boop the snoot. It's first of all, I literally could not find one of these dogs, no matter how hard I tried, probably. And, you know, obviously you don't want to boop the snoot of a wild animal, but between you and me, Bridget, just you and me, nobody else, I really want to boop the snoot. It looks like it's got a cold, wet nose. It looks like it's got a cold, wet nose. I could boop on it. It is a happy dog. Cool ears. Uh, It's got a big fluffy tail. Fluffy tail. You give a little little scritchies around the neck. I'm sure sure it wags when it's happy. Probably wags. Probably wags. Probably uh, does a little sniff sniffs. Little sniff sniffs. Can you shake? Can you oh. shake, boy? Can you shake, boy? <laughs> <laughs> very, uh, very trainable dogs. Yeah, I mean, I am you can get really, him to sit. <laughs> as much as I respect how elusive they've been, um, I do want to find out more about these dogs because canines are quite intelligent, and I am curious about like what their what their social life is like because it doesn't seem like they would follow the same rules that wolves would follow. In terms of like pack structure, because their right. whole diet and their whole lifestyle is probably very different. So I'm really interested. But yeah, they uh, they do not want me to know. They yeah, don't want it's me to also find so out. interesting that there's a dog in the a type of dog, I guess, in the rainforest. Yeah, it it's hot. It's hot and humid there, and these guys look like they have a thick coat. Yeah, it's uh, an interesting coat though, because it really doesn't look dog-like you know what i mean like it doesn't it's it's bear-like or like a panther even you know what i mean yeah yeah it's just surprising that we just know so little about them like do they have do they have like some like in the middle of the forest they have like some tree stump that they do like some kind of paw like pattern of paw presses and then like a tree opens (laughs) up and there's this whole like underground civilization of like super intelligent (laughs) dogs or something i also because like there are so many videos of dog and dog-like creatures making friends with other animals. So I just wonder right. if they're like hanging out with that ant eaters, right? Like, there's probably a Zootopia down there, is what I'm saying. Right? Yeah, because Zootopia. Like, yeah, I mean, you said they might not be pack animals, but it like you say dog, and you would think they have buddies, right? I, I don't know. I, they they could be pack animals. I think it would be. A little strange for something like the rainforest, but I, I don't know. Like I just, yeah. I don't know, and I don't know if anyone knows because <laughs> they're they're Jason Bourne. They leave no trace. Mystery dog. I like Mystery that. Dogs. I like a dog with an edge. Dogs don't have enough edge. <laughs> Edgy dogs. <laughs> Whatever. I'm just a dog, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I think that'll do it for our haunting, our ghost hunter part of the show. I do want to, before we go, I had a couple of emails that I thought were too good not to share. We talked about uh, the cicada brood X, the mass hatching of cicadas with Mara Wilson uh, a couple episodes ago. I hate those ago. things so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I hope you don't mind this email then, which... Uh, I mean, yeah, hit me. <laughs> Hi, Katie. I experienced a cicada brood once. During that time, apparently, cicada ice cream came up with it. I never tried it, but it was a thing that some people liked. Hearing you talk about them reminded me of it. I love your podcast. It's so fun to listen to. Sincerely, Natalie. So, yeah. In, uh, th- it seems that cicada ice cream is a thing. Um, Horrible. 
Yeah. Why? There's like They're bugs. <laughs> Don't eat them. <laughs> there was like a, a ice cream shop in uh, Cicada or an ice cream shop in Columbia, Missouri, uh, which like they collected dead cicadas from their backyards and then boiled them and then covered them in brown sugar and basically candied the cicadas and then put them into the ice cream and apparently like it was so popular it just like instantly sold out but then like the department of health and human services was like uh the food code doesn't directly address cicadas but we advised against it you you can't serve bugs (laughs) you you could serve bugs i'm not sure about this like for me the just putting candied cicadas in ice cream there's something about that that creeps me out um i'm like i'm less sort of grossed out by just like using bugs in cuisine when you're not trying to like just put them in an ice cream for some reason i don't know it's like when a bug is just randomly inserted into ice cream i think of like uh uh-oh bugs got in the ice cream and that's bad but if you're like a pro chef and you're like here is a cricket taco i have lovingly crafted it's like okay right i see that not necessarily saying i would eat it you can't just cover things in sugar and chocolate and and tell people to eat it it's not right. fair no it's not it's not fair it's really not fair it's cheating yeah but i got this other email uh, from someone who writes, Hi, Katie. I was binge listening to the podcast yesterday, and during the Brood X episode, you were talking about consuming bugs and how you would prefer that over canned asparagus. So I thought I would share with you an Instagram account that I follow. Just to make a note to the listeners, I did say that that's more of an indictment of canned asparagus than it is an indication of my willingness to eat bugs. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, that's what it sounded like to me. The email continues, uh, Joseph Yoon with Brooklyn Bugs makes gourmet dishes with bugs and insects that I thought you would find cool. The kimchi, scorpions, and deep-fried cricket mac and cheese bites looks awesome. Have a fabulous week. Kaylee. Thank you, Kaylee. Yeah, I looked at this Instagram. It is... What's the Instagram? It is Brooklyn Bugs. If you want to check it out, I'll, I'll link to it. Of course, it's Brooklyn. <laughs> but yeah, I gotta say these things do genuinely look pretty good. I don't know if I would have the chutzpah to actually eat uh, this stuff. Like, I would love to say, like, oh yeah, I would no problem. Like, I'll I'll eat a bug. Like, I wish I could say that. No, I mean, I think it's a good thing to start to work out, like, start to eliminate the stigma of eating bugs because I think they are a sustainable, perfectly fine and healthy source of protein. But God, cultural indoctrination is so strong. Yeah. It is hard to get over. Like some of these things I'm like, I can't, I, I would have a hard time, but some of them do look good. Like the kimchi scorpion, which is what I think I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. I could maybe do that. It's hard to wrap my head around. Right. It looks, the weird thing is it looks appetizing a lot of them, but I don't. I still don't know if I could get past the mental blockade of I'm eating an insect. Like it's yeah, and it's. I totally admit that's like my fault. It's not for sure, you know. But it's for like, sure, it's your it, fault, Katie. <laughs> but it's like, well, not my fault, but my yeah, yeah, own yeah. psychological. <laughs> it's not that the food is objectively gross. It's that my own psychological barriers do not want me to eat bugs. The weird yeah. thing is. Ants, like the idea of eating ants is not as gross to me. 
That does not bother me either. You know, and I wonder if it's because I remember as a kid, I used to just eat ants out of curiosity. <laughs> <laughs> I think it because they're small. They're small and like texturally, there's not there's not like a big crunch factor, but there's also there's not, not like a they're big... like a sprinkle. You know? Right. Yeah. They're like sprinkles. Like you sprinkle some ants on my ice cream. You know, I mean, I'm I'd not going to notice not, that. Yeah, I, I'd probably notice it, to be honest. I might not appreciate yeah. it, but I might still eat the ice cream is what I'm saying. Right. But I've definitely eaten an, like ants. I've definitely been at a picnic and I've eaten an ant like. Right. That has been but, on my sandwich. Yeah. But like. If people, people who say they like the taste of insects, I trust them and I trust that it probably tastes good. I, I don't know. I think it would take a lot of work for me to get over the cultural, uh, the cultural norms that I've been taught since I was a kid of like, don't, don't eat bugs. Oh God, stop putting that in your mouth. Stop (laughs) it. Yeah, it would definitely, I... I wonder if I looked at this Instagram and wasn't told it was bugs, if it would bother me. I yeah. like my my thing. I think I would I could eat it and like it, but you would have to tell me afterwards that it was bugs. Right, right, exactly. I mean, if you, for instance, like if you have cricket meal, right? Because that you mm-hmm. eliminate the shape of the cricket with that. You grind up crickets into a meal, and then you make like cricket meal cookies or something. And I eat that right. cookie. I'll probably enjoy it. If I'm mid-bite and then you're like, hey, that's made out of crickets, I'm no longer going to enjoy it. It's all psychological. It's 100% right. psychological. It, it's psychological. I I also have like this image of, and maybe I'm wrong, I, I, I'm i a person who like the texture of food really yeah. can bother me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I totally understand. I grew yeah. up super picky because of all it's like a textural thing yeah and it's got nothing to do with whether the food is bad or good or anything it's just a i didn't eat mashed potatoes for years for like my entire childhood because i didn't like the grainy texture of it yeah Uh, yeah or potatoes at all i didn't like the texture of potatoes oh really interesting yeah yeah i still eat potatoes but any yeah anything too mushy freaks me out uh yeah, so I think that's kind of the other block that I feel like a bug, an insect would have like a deep crunch and then a really squishy inside. <laughs> Depends as, on the as bug. Described I think. to me by Timon and Puma of the Lion King. I don't know if that's accurate. Some of them I mean, for maybe sure. not, but in my head, and I don't like that. Some of them for sure, like witchetty bugs or witchetty uh, grubs. Uh, do you yeah, have like that a cicada aspect? would probably be crunchy and then really gushy. I don't really know if they'd have the gushers effect. Maybe. Okay, anyone who's eaten bugs, uh, write into me and give me a full-on analysis of the mouthfeel of different <laughs> bugs, please. <laughs> yeah, maybe that will help us get over our, our, right. our mental but block. But, like, you know, shrimp are basically like marine bugs. Yeah. But yeah. I actually don't but like shrimp But shrimp freak me much. out sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I like think shrimp, it- but if I think too much about what I'm yes. eating when I'm eating shrimp, I'll, I'll stop. I think this might be a you and me problem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think maybe we're weirdos. I think like, yeah, I love I think... calamari. I love calamari, but like the minute I'm reminded of what calamari is, I stop eating it. Right, right, right. Yeah, I well, yeah, I, I just like I feel bad when I eat octopus because I yeah. think they're like the puppies of the sea. But like, yeah, yeah, but that's yeah, fair. It's, it's yeah, no, no. I I'm on the same page with you, but. Uh, but we we can talk. We at might be weirdos about, yeah. 
about every food we don't like. We'll do that off <laughs> mic. We'll spare you guys our long conversation because uh, I feel like we're just discovering this about each other and we're excited yeah. that like, you hate food? I hate food too. Awesome. Yeah, I... <laughs> Uh, You're a weirdo? Yeah, me too. Well, we knew that, but like... <laughs> don't like the mouthfeel? I also don't like the mouthfeel. This yeah. is great. Always, Horrible always... mental blocks. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on, Bridget. Uh, where can people find you? Yeah, thanks for having me. These are always so much fun. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Bridget Tweets. And uh, sometimes I, I even do that. Sometimes. Uh, and then yeah small beans uh the small beans network i have podcasts on there uh rough stuff is one of is the main one and then if you listen to the newest one coming out uh we're announcing some exciting new projects on there so uh, check it out all about the mouthfeel of crickets it's about yes it's a mouthfeel podcast (laughs) of bugs specifically You can find us on the internet at Creature Feature Pod on Instagram, at Creature Feet Pod on Twitter. That's F E A T, not F E E T. That is something very different. You can email me with all your bug mouthfeel stories at creaturefeaturepod at gmail.com. Uh, and as always, I am Katie Golden. Uh, I'll be on the internet, you know, just screwing around. I'm Katie Golden on Twitter. I'm also pro bird rights on the internet. Uh, where I allow birds to take control of my body and post whatever they want because gosh darn it, it's time for birds to have a voice, I think. Uh, and thank you so much for listening to the show. If you're enjoying the show and you leave a review, I am 100% guaranteed to read it because I am egotistical and self-centered and I will read every single review. So if you want me to read the words you write and you write it in a podcast review... I'll read it. Even if it's like, hey, Katie, could you pick up some milk next time to your grocery store? I've been trying to get you to do that for like two weeks now. I'll still read it. Uh, And thank you so much for listening. And thanks to the Space Cossacks for their super awesome song, Exolumina. Creature features a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts like the one you just heard, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or hey, guess what? Wherever you listen to your favorite shows, even if they're haunted. Ooh, spooky ghosts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. 
have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 